What is up, gamers? Welcome back to the Critics Podcast, streaming exclusively on Zoom. I am your professor this <laughs> evening, uh, Joseph Salamone, and I'm joined by my co-host... Um, Adam Sidorius, and I am in studio with Joe. Um, we have not um, broken quarantine yet. We have mm-hmm. not left the house and. I mean, how many days ago did we publish last pod? It's been a, it's been like at least two weeks. Yeah, it's been um, over two weeks. We were, we were a bit of a bit of a hiatus, you know. We were get we had to get our um, essential worker forms filled out, and uh, the critics podcast <laughs> is considered essential. So we are in the studio live today, hitting you up with a new podcast. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I uh, I had several people write to me lately um, regarding the critics podcast. And they were like, Adam, this is my favorite podcast. How? But the question is, how can you guys continue when there's no movies coming out? And my response to that is, baby, that we we just do it, all right? We just we go with the flow. Um, we talk about the news. We talk about current events. Um, if we have to, we will we'll get you know philosophical. We'll get deep. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll talk about politics if we have to. Um, we don't just critique movies. We critique uh, mm-hmm. the government. Um, yeah, we're 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 social we're social critiquers. You know, it's uh, we're you know the, the old days had you know Socrates and and Aristotle. You know, these like great minds who hated women, and I think we kind of fill that role today. You know. Yeah, I I think it's Aristotle's a bitch, and the critics mm-hmm. podcast rules. Um, that's a. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna second that. You can quote us on that. I think Aristotle is a bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so today we're gonna talk about. I mean, there's. I hate to do it again, but there's just like literally no other news other than Corona. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of dictating our entire space right now. No matter what you're into, no matter what you do for a living or anything, it, this entire thing has changed all of our lives completely and um we have to talk about all the new movies that have been delayed um with uh the new covid 19 and um just a few off the top um trolls world tour joe's most anticipated movie of 2020 um Mm -hmm. that's going straight to vod on april uh 15th i think something like that um can't wait and this one's kind of interesting though because did you see what Universal like or um the theater chain of America like um released about this? Oh, what did they say? They said um they had an issue with Universal on the have you seen like any commercials for it like on their VOD release? Uh no, I have not. Okay, cuz like on their VOD like commercial, like if you watch like any channel, they um it says like in theaters and on VOD on the same day. And the National Theater Association of America, I think it's called, which is NATO, which is kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but they uh, they released a statement saying um, Universal is like deliberately lying to people, knowing that theaters will not be open by this time. Um, mm. And in doing so, they are damaging our brand and they are like willingly hurting us. And we will not forget this when the time comes. And it's like, Jesus Christ, they're going to war over Trolls World Tour. Um, so I guess they're kind of pissed that they didn't uh, push it back like other movies have. They just wanted to go directly to VOD. And, um, 
you know, I can't necessarily blame either party. I can't blame theaters for being a little upset about that, but I also can't blame them for wanting to recoup any money they could. Um, they've already spent so much of their marketing campaign money on that movie, so it's kind of a hard decision to make. Um, you also have The Way Back, uh, The Hunt, famously uh, went on VOD recently. Um, do you have any thoughts on any of these movies, Joe? Um, you know, uh, I think I feel bad for The Hunt because they finally got to come out and it gets pushed back. Uh, and I think, you know, I think with Trolls World Tour, I think it makes a bit more sense because, like, with families, you know, they, get to, they can save a little bit of money because it's like if you have four kids, you're spending, like, 50, upwards of $50 at the, at the theater. But you can only, I think it's 20 bucks is the selling price on everything now. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy because, like, you can rent it or buy it for $20. So it's kind of, like, pointless to even have the renting option. Like, when I was on Voodoo earlier, uh, I was on the Onward page, and it said rent for $20 or buy for $20. I'm like, well, you might as well buy it at that point. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just at least make it 15 to rent. Like, it makes no sense. Um, and also, you rent for 48 hours, which is... That's just... I, I don't know. That There's something about that that's just so steep to me that i can't imagine anyone doing it like have you rented any movies since no i mean i've seen everything that's been put on vod and i'm not i mean i except uh, except for trolls 2 i'm <laughs> which you will you've already pre-ordered right i've pre-ordered that one uh but other than that <laughs> i haven't the, the thing is the movies that i think you and i briefly talked about this like the movies that i would pay for they're not putting on vod like i'd like first cow i'd pay for i'd pay right. for saint maude i'd pay for um uh, like Antebellum or like uh, Extraction or something like that, but like I, th- those aren't the ones they're putting on VOD. And I've already seen Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Yeah, I think that's going straight to streaming though. So, well, that's going to VOD on Friday. But um... oh, okay, I've already seen that one. So I, I just I, th- I, I get. I don't know. Maybe if it was like a film that like a small like a like a Saint like a Saint Maud or a First Cow, I just out of like support for it i would do it like uh, i think the our local theater has a streaming thing with a film called saint francis that i, I was meaning to do I yeah don't know if it's still um, available, but like, it is, I, it... I would do that because i want to support the theater and if i want to support the film i would do it but i mean like trolls too like i don't i'm not i, I yeah of course i'm gonna pay for that one but like as far as like onward <laughs> stuff i don't i don't have any i don't i don't feel any obligation to uh to uh pixar <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing about Onward is that, like, it came out in theaters not even a month ago, and it's going on Disney Plus, like, next week. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. That's, like, that was Game not the... furious. <laughs> um, there, uh, and also what you said about St. Francis, um, I did, that's the only VOD movie that I have um, bought through this entire process so far, because um, our local theater, Enzion, did that. Um, I think it, you paid $11, which is, like, the standard matinee price at Inzion mm-hmm. and in doing so like six dollars goes to uh uh oscilloscope I think is the name of the studio mm-hmm. and five dollars goes to Inzion um so I felt like I got to like pay money to both parties and then also got to see a movie at the same time so it was like an all-around good deal um I don't know if I would have done it if it was twenty dollars but I still I thought the eleven dollars was well spent that movie's fantastic by the way for anyone that wants to watch it I highly recommend it um and you know poor the hunt too i mean that movie mm-hmm. has such a like complicated history um that i feel bad for it like coming out at the time it did like uh, like of all the weekends it could have got released yeah got released on the corona weekend <laughs> like I, I feel very bad for it 
Um, you saw the hunt, right? I did see the hunt. What do you think of it? Um, well, let's transition into the next section of the podcast. Uh, the hunt is a good movie. I thought it was fun. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say about it. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, section I... over. Let's get back to the Corona. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I liked the hunt a lot. Um, I had a blast with it. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't have anything else to say there. It's it's a really that's good movie. That's pretty much it. That's it's a fun movie. Yeah, it really is. Um, I don't know how, because I, I think I might have liked it as much as I did because it was like at the tip of everything going on with Corona. Mm-hmm. And I knew this might be my last theater movie for a while. So like I, w- I went with a friend of the pod, Zach, and we we both like ate it up. It was so much fun to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the kind of the similar experience I went. And it was very, it was, like a, it was like a very empty theater. It was just me and my friend. And we just kind of like we're just kind of enjoying it the entire time. So it was just and it was just I mean I like I I don't know what this says about me, but like I genuinely like miss going to the movies. Like I was driving today and I drove past the theater and I was like, damn. <laughs> um yeah I I drove by my local Regal the other day and the parking lot is empty. Yeah. And it looked so weird to see an empty parking lot there because um, it's usually like extremely full. But. Um, another one, The Lovebirds, going straight to Netflix. That's a big one. Um, have they announced a date for that yet or no? No, they haven't. Um, there's a rumor that they might just keep the April 3rd date. Mm. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also Wonder Woman got pushed back to August. Um, 17th, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then Black Widow got delayed indefinitely which kind of sucks for me, at least, being a big MCU fan. I'm bummed about um, it. I thought it looked good. I'm a big Florence Pugh fan, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you think there's any chance it goes to Disney Plus? Uh, no, I think it's too big of a film. Uh, I think maybe... No, I don't think it'll go. I just think it's too big. Yeah, I I don't think it will. I don't think it's impossible. I think Mulan has a much better chance of going to Disney yeah. Plus. I mean, it's I just, think... they have to push their entire calendar if they want to release these movies now is the only thing. Mm-hmm. Like... Because well, I think the, I think theater, I think because, I mean, obviously, uh, like, Asia is a really big market for that film. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that right now, I think, like, where they are in the kind of the cycle of anything, I think they're slowly starting to open things up again. So I think well, they... theaters... They just closed theaters again today. <laughs> oh, really? is... never mind. Take it back. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because they like opened up for like a few days and then health officials were like, yeah, you might want to hold out on that. Mm-hmm. And then they closed them again today, which is, I, I feel so bad for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Asian uh, Asian film fans are just going through it recently. Yeah. Um, and why the fuck would you show me it if I can't have it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Batman stopped filming. Uh, which really, it probably means it's not going to come out on June 2021. Um, so we have to wait even longer for Robert Patton's Batman. Um, which will be awesome. Yeah. And last but not least, I think we have to talk about the possibility of Dune being pushed to 2021. Um, and, I mean, how do you feel about that? I, I don't even want to, like, think about it. Like, I just, I... Because, I mean, the uh, what's the theory is that, like, Tenet will get pushed back into Dune's position, and then posi- Dune will move to 2021. I, I get it. Like, I understand it. But, like, I don't want them to do it. Like, I just... 
I don't know. I want, well, I still want Tenet to come out in July. Like, I want to see Tenet in July. I'm hoping that, I, I think that if optimistic people are saying that things will be back to normal by May, and even if that's, there's a two-month buffer, I'm already having, I, I've been getting emails that, like, I, I had events that I was going to go to in May that have been, uh, are being delayed now. Uh, so at this point, and then I think Wonder Woman got pushed and then the Heights got pushed and those were both June releases. So we haven't itched into June yet. We haven't itched into July yet, but we're about to. So it's just, it's only a matter of time before Tenet gets pushed and, uh, the French Dispatch. So it's just, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm not too worried about the French Dispatch because that could easily be an awards contender and it's already like finished, like incomplete. Mm -hmm. So like that could they could easily like just put that like in a limited release in uh, November and then like wide in December and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I just wanted to see it in July. No, I I understand, but like it's mm-hmm. just the thing is when these movie theaters open again, I, which might be July, August, dare I say September, um, mm-hmm. we're not gonna have like we're gonna have to get all these delayed movies then. And that means all the May, June, July releases have to get pushed back even further. And then everything, like the entire, everything we think we're seeing this year, we might not see. Like it's mm-hmm. so. Like Scoob got delayed. God damn it. Um, uh, yes, uh, Scoob got delayed. Uh, there's another one. Um, I have a theory. In like, I think Disney has so many release dates planted that they're trying to see. Um, like what happens and i i told my girlfriend recently that i think they're looking to see like if corona stops like or if it's kind of dead by june july since they own fox they're gonna like remove free guy from its july 4th release date Mm -hmm. and they're gonna put black widow there um which would be pretty pretty dope i think um but i think that's their secret key is that they own like all the pixar dates or all the star wars all the marvel and all the 20th century fox dates they own so like they can just easily remove certain movies and put bigger movies in there as a replacement um they could even i guess technically put eternals back to 2021 and release black widow in november if they wanted to um, well, do you, th- cause I mean, like I'm looking at like, cause I, I'm looking at like the release schedule for the year and there's a, sh- there's a bunch of stuff that like, hasn't like officially been delayed, but like, I assume is not going, like, I, I assume Spiral is going to be delayed. I assume the well, Spiral got delayed. Was- it did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. No uh, release date like- yet, but it's, it got, like, they just confirmed, like, uh, Lionsgate pulled all their movies, like Annabellum, okay. Spiral, uh, run the Sarah Paulson movie. Is that um, Candyman delayed officially yet? I don't think. Well, let me check. Uh, Checking live on Jamie, can you check that for us? <laughs> yeah, Jamie. <laughs> um, but like, is Ghost like Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I think Top Gun was officially delayed, but like the like Artemis Fowl and stuff. I just don't. It would. There's just because I mean, there's. I think there's no end in sight right now for the Corona shit, so it's just kind I, of. I don't like, see any reason for them to delay movies in June right now. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they're. Like I mean, 100- they've started to. Unless they're like 100% positive, they can't make the date. Mm-hmm. Like, because um, like that Minions movie got delayed because they straight up said, "Well, we we can't go to work to animate this movie, so therefore it won't be ready in time." Oh, I um, thought it was. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, they they said they're just they're just holding that indefinitely because they like they can't work from home because it's so much animation. 
Mm. Um, and I guess it's like a collaborative effort to do that animation. So they like just can't do it. Like they said, it won't be ready by July or June, whenever it came out. Um, yeah, there's so many. I mean, pretty much everything's up in the air right now. Um, it's weird. Like you, you, I bought tickets to see a quiet place, and I might not see that till like July, August, September, maybe, which is a yeah. weird feeling. What, what's the big? We were supposed to have seen James Bond by now. We were supposed to have seen Quiet Place. Yeah, I bought my tickets for No Time to Die. That's not happening until no uh, Thanksgiving, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nuts, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it's all pretty shitty. I mean, there's not much else to say about it. It's just like. I hope it's just because like the last time we talked about this, things were getting delayed because it was because the international box office numbers were going to be hurt. And now it's just theaters are not open. So like they can't like it's not like it's like a smaller movie, like like a film like uh, trying to think of it, like a film like Antebellum probably wasn't concerned. Promising Young Woman probably wasn't concerned with the international box office numbers. But now it's just like like they can't show the movies anywhere, you know? Yeah, I mean, I um. I work at a Regal theater and we, I, I got an email the other day and it said, we're not expected to return until June at the earliest. And that, which is just like, which seems like it seems normal when you think about the whole Corona thing, but like I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's only March right now. Like I can't mm-hmm. imagine this for three more months. Like, um, it's just insane to me, like this entire situation. Like, how have you been holding on? Like, have you been missing the theater? Yeah, like, I've been. I, I've, I've missed the theater. I've missed. I've been practicing social distancing, so I've been missing like my friends and shit. And I just missing yeah, the I've, homies. I, yeah, I'm missing the homies. The miss. I can't kiss my boys on the lips anymore. I can't. <laughs> I have a friend who lives in London right now. They're on complete lockdown. Uh, friend of the pod Lawson lives in London. Uh, they're in lockdown. Boris Johnson was just confirmed of coronavirus. So. Really? Think, yeah, the world's on fire. So I think that might have been a joke it? article. I think I, I think that I'm pretty sure that was a real article. Um, might have been the 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 penis. Oh no, he name. did. Yeah, you're right. I I just didn't see that. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, Boris Johnson. Yeah, he has the coronavirus. Um, um I mean, honestly, yeah. with that haircut, I can't. Mike, I work at like an office, so like I guess we're considered essential work. So I I still have to go to work, but. It's just uh, I've I've played like nine I've pl- I've beat like five video games in the past week I bought Overwatch. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess this is a good transition. We can talk about like stuff we've been doing to cope with it all. Yeah. Um. Um. Like you bought Overwatch, you said. Yeah, I bought Overwatch. It's a lot of fun. I'm not very good at it, but. Uh... Yeah, I'm ter- I couldn't get past like. I couldn't get like five minutes in. Like I kept dying. I just couldn't do it. Well, I paid for it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get good at it. <laughs> um. Anything else you've been watching, playing? Um, I, I, my, my, my mom, uh, my, my brother's showing my mom American Vandal right now, so I've been popping into that. Uh, I watched uh, Memories of a Murder last night, the Wong Joon-ho film. Great it's fucking very, movie. It's very good. Uh, probably shouldn't have watched it right before I went to sleep. Uh, they caught the guy, like the real life guy. They caught him, like actually Spoilers. a couple months ago. Well, I mean, it, the film's about an unsolved murder, uh, but the, yeah, in real life, like the film was made like in the early 2000s, and they caught the guy in real life, which is which is weird to to yeah. see. Um, yeah, I heard that um, Trolls World Tour actually took inspiration from that movie. Yeah, I think um, I mean a lot of <laughs> most films do. Uh, I think Trolls World Tour did, Minions definitely did. Scoob I think Bruce, did. Sco- yeah, Scoob absolutely Scoob. <laughs> um, I watched. Yeah. Uh, 
they were like, how could we reboot the uh, uh, the greatest mystery team of all time? We should base it off of uh, mysteries. <laughs> Murder. We should, yeah, we should base it. We should base it off of uh, the serial uh, killer who raped and murdered women in the early '80s in South Korea. Uh, yeah, no, that movie though is really interesting because it's like all of like I mean, obviously Bong is like super big because of Parasite now, but like when you watch Memories of Murder, like it's all there. You know, like all of his like skill and stuff is still there. He's still mixes genres perfectly he's still got great characters he still uses great symbolism like everything is there it's just it's it's really weird to see such a it's because it's definitely like a bit rougher around the edges than parasite is but it was interesting to watch it and see like oh he's still like he's always been this talented you know it was just he's kind of perfecting it as he's gone along yeah even his worst movie which i would contend is probably okja Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like a great movie. Like it, it yeah. he doesn't make bad movies. Like even his worst, he's like Scorsese. Even his worst movie is still at least very, very good. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I've been hankering to rewatch Snowpiercer just because the first time I saw it, I wasn't too hot on it. But I think I was like, what did that come out? 2013. So I was like 13 when I saw it. So. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm in the same boat with you. Like I, I actually. I do like it. It's a good movie, but I didn't like. There are people that year that put like on their top ten, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I wouldn't go that far. Like it, it was yeah, good. I was like, oh, it was pretty good. I, I thought the Chris Evans was good, but it's very well made. It's just, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like I don't think I was just as encapsulated with that movie as other people were. Yeah, and I mean, um, I, I think a lot of stuff has come out because I mean, it's a, it's a Weinstein production, so I think Bong has been very vocal about his kind of how combative it, that uh that process was so yeah um i'm glad he found uh neon for parasite because mm-hmm. i felt like a long time coming like i felt like um we talk sometimes about the movies that we feel like directors were born to make and that kind of feels like mm-hmm. what parasite was to bong like that was the movie he was born to make yeah, um, i watched uh pan's labyrinth that was really good i just watched that again the other night uh for the first time like in almost 10 years I saw it for the first time the other day, so it was, it was excellent. Yeah, it was excellent. I, I loved it. It's a great movie. It really is. It's really, really well done. Um, I mm. forgot how depressing it is at the end. Yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad. It's a it's because when I saw Shape of Water, I was like, oh, this is the movie that Guillermo del Toro was born to make. But now I feel like it might be Pan's Labyrinth was the movie he was born to make. So he's a great director. Yeah, um, I I think that's probably true. Like I think. I might like enjoy Shape of Water more, but mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth is like a masterpiece. Like uh, it's it's like a dark version of Jojo Rabbit. Like as if um, mm-hmm. jo- if Jojo Rabbit had like no humor or, and no like I don't know like optimism. I wouldn't say no optimism, but like it's it's very Pan's Labyrinth is like it's very sad and depressing. It's almost like the Schindler's like if. Um, Jojo Rabbit took like a comedic approach to like the childhood fantasies brought to life. Mm. Um, this took like a very depressing Schindler's List esque <laughs> like view on it. Um, yeah. It's funny. Funny story about Jojo Rabbit. Kind of off I uh, that movie was announced around the same time that Taika also was supposed to make a stop motion movie about uh, Michael Jackson's Monkey Bubbles. I think is yeah. the name. And I yeah. kind of combined the two on my head. And I was telling my brother about it. And I was like, oh yeah, he's making this stop motion movie about a rabbit who's best friends with hitler and luke was like that sounds like the coolest movie ever made and then i found out that they were two separate films and he was really upset with me (laughs) (laughs) there's always a chance to just make that movie yourself joseph yeah i don't i think that i'll do it i'll start writing it right now i'm 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 better than taika so 
Um, is there anything else you've been watching or playing or anything? Um, Big Time Adolescence is a good movie on streaming. Uh, Pete Davidson. Surprisingly great movie. I, I yeah. was surprised how much I liked that movie. I, uh, yeah, it's, I it's, it. My dad liked it, too. I watched it with him. Um, I beat all the Uncharted games. Uh, shout out to Sarah Hall. Uh, oh, did she bo- let you borrow them? No, I just she inspired. Uh, I, I bought them when I got my PS4, and I just haven't played them in forever. And yeah, I haven't she, hadn't played them at all. Yeah, shout out to Sarah Hall. She let me borrow every Uncharted game, and I played them all. Um, although I have to admit, I I kind of fucked up with Uncharted Four. I think um, I she let me borrow it the night me and her saw Nineteen Seventeen together. And I didn't get it back to her until Oscar night. So I think I kept it for like two months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the Uncharted games. Those are, if we want to recommend things for people to do, like while the quarantine's going on, um, the Uncharted games are fucking amazing. Yeah, the um, Uncharted games are great. Last of Us is a really good game. Last of Us 2 is coming out soon. Um, and the HBO series, too. Yeah, the out. HBO series is being, if it ever make, gets made. Uh, and... Um, I think uh, Overwatch is fun. Uh, Fortnite always a go-to. You know, you can never, <laughs> never lose with Fortnite. Uh, Sonic American Fortnite Vandal, dance. Sonic Fortnite dance. Uh, <laughs> Travis Scott is a Fortnite character now, so do with that what you will. <laughs> uh, Anderson uh, Pack, uh, one of my favorite artists, made a song for Trolls 2 for some reason. I don't know why. He, he, see uh, the he one that his... did he tweet? But like, wait, be right back. I'm screening the new Trolls movie. Yeah, no, Travis Scott tweeted uh, about us screen trolls. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's there's so much to consume right now. Uh, oh, I'll, if I think this is like a mutual thing for both of us. Um, the new Donald Glover, our Josh Campino album. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. It's so fucking good. What's it's the name so of the album? 3-15-20. Yeah, that's right. Um, Do you like it as much as I? I love it. I think it's oh, like a perfect it, album. It, it's literally flawless. It, it's, it's one of the so, best. Albums. Anthony Fantano can go fuck himself because he, he gave it a strong fucking, four, right? He gave it a four, and I, I mean, <laughs> I love Fantano, but like, ah, uh, like, I, it makes me, it hurts my heart to see shit like that. It's a device, it's a very divisive album. I find a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people love. It's like either you either it's like you either think it's like the best thing ever or you don't like it. So. Yeah, it's almost as divisive as our president. Like it's like. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean Donald, so. <laughs> what's your favorite yeah. song on it oh um shit that's a good question uh i don't have one i know that's a cheap answer but like well each song it's one of those albums where like each song can be the best song on the album depending on like what mood you're in algorithm maybe algorithm that song rules i love the i think it's maybe I that's a they're all good though like yeah i don't I don't understand how you could listen to it because people it's like it's like a it's like Gambino's own like untitled unmastered in in the best way. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. It's it's very experimental. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's very it's very um, chaotic. It's almost uh, yeah, it's insane. That's the way to describe it. There's moments where it feels like um, like a Frank Ocean album, and then there's mm-hmm. moments where it's like a Death Grips album. Like yeah. it like it goes back and forth between the two, and and like I don't even know what to make of it half the time. But like I was I like I remember I it came out like at 3 a.m. that night, mm-hmm. and I was just about to go to sleep, and then I dropped, and I'm like God fucking damn it. Like, yeah, no, the same exact situation. <laughs> <laughs> like I was literally going to sleep, and then like it dropped, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I gotta fucking listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I I listened to the entire thing and then immediately when it was finished I went to sleep. Like 
Um, because I listened to it and I was like, this album's perfect. And I went to sleep and I woke up and I was like, let me listen to it again, see if it's still perfect. And it was. So I, I only listened to it uh, the night it came out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't distrust my feelings. I still probably contend it's good. It's just um, I haven't gotten really a chance to listen to it again. But I've still I've kept listening to it and it's still it's still excellent. For, uh, not friend of the pod, I won't go that far, but buddy Alex Luke uh, is a he uh, he really enjoyed the album quite as quite as well. So it's um, uh, I think my my favorites I like the forty seven forty eight. That's the one where it's like the little girl thirteen shot down oh, violence. Yeah. And then I mean I know the thirty nine twenty eight is a bit divisive. That's like the Bohemian Rhapsody one where it's like the why go to the party. Why go to the party? But I think that one's awesome. I love, I love, I just love, all of it's so good. I don't understand how you could dislike it, but yeah, I mean, I his last um, it it wasn't like really divisive, but like he hasn't he's not like on the same like highs that he used to be on like for mm. other people. Like I remember he used to be universally loved, and now everyone's kind of like it's almost like the Kendrick dilemma where he got so popular that people are like kind of backtracking mm. on him a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think "Awake in My Love" is an excellent album, but I know, I know, a couple no, people I'm, don't. I honestly don't think it. he's ever made it bad. I, honestly, if I have to pick like his worst song, it might be "This Is America," which is, <laughs> and I still like "This Is America," but I'm saying like I like his more experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the video is great, but the song—I mean, I'm not, I'm not bumping the song every other day, so. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think honestly, want... I think I think his I think he just gets better and better with each album. Like I think Camp, I think, but. Because the internet's better than Camp, and I think Awake of My Love is better than Because of the Internet, and I think this one's probably his best album. Uh, I think Because of the Internet's probably the best. Yeah, I mean uh, that one. I the thing is, I listened to a lot of people listen to that when it came out, and I listened to it like after the fact. Like I listened to it a couple of years ago after the first time, so I don't have like I didn't like I don't, I'm not like too familiar with the album as much as other people are. I've only I probably only listened to it like once or twice. Yeah, what's your favorite Gambino song um, of all time? Um. I like Baby Boy a lot on Awaken My Love. I like my brother just screamed. Uh, I like um, I like Sweatpants <laughs> quite a bit. I like Backpackers. I like uh, I don't know because he's got so much like different music where it's like it's like hard to kind of pinpoint like which I love Stand Tall the closer track to. Awaken I have a hot take. Um, uh, what's your hot take? I like Sober obviously, uh, and then Three Thousand and Five um, is a great one too. Um, my favorite is Telegraph Ave. Telegraph um, Ave, that's a good one. That's my favorite. It, it's so fucking good. Um, like I, that's um, I, I have like a tradition. Every time I go to the beach, I all but the first song I play on my way back from the beach with the windows down is Telegraph Ave, mm-hmm. and it has such a specific vibe to it. But like it has like the most like it has such a distinct beat mm-hmm. and like this soothing feeling. Um, I think that was kind of his turning point where he like went really experimental with his mm-hmm. music. Um, I, I love that song so much. Um, yeah. That's what I love. I just love he kind of does. He's able to do in the same song. He can do like kind of really like kind of like hard rap. And then in the same song, it'll just kind of have this like hook that's like really soothing and really like like wa- like heart- almost heartwarming. Like the last song is like the coming straight out the hood. And then it's got this like. So it's this really energetic, like almost over the top vocal performance. And then the chorus is there is love in everyone under the golden sun. So it's like in the same song, it kind of will just transition from like really like intense rap to like really soothing vocals. And I just, 
I don't know. I just love it. I think it's so good. Um, did you listen to the new Weekend album? I did. I did. I liked it quite a bit. I'm not a huge Weekend fan, but I think this is probably his best uh, work so far. Yeah, I mean, I I'm kind of there with you. I don't like adore the Weekend. I think he's very talented. There's no denying like his mm-hmm. beautiful voice, but like I just I, I don't know. Like he's not exactly like an artist that I go back to a lot. He's just not my like type of music. You know, I'm not like that type of like some music is not for me. You know. Yeah, but no, I, 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 can, I can appreciate it still. You know, I, I, I really like that new app. What's it called again? Uh, uh, After, After Hours. I After think it's, hours. it's partially inspired by the Scorsese film, I think. <laughs> um, I think I got like a lot of, I don't know how to describe this, but it felt like safty influenced almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he is in Uncut Gems. So. Yeah, no, like I, but that's what I meant. Like, I felt like he spent time with them, and he's like, that's the vibe right now. And he, like, he, uh, he did that. Um, I mean, if you're going to be influenced by any... I mean, apparently, is, it the, new, is the new Soft John Stevens album out yet? I have not listened to it yet. Um, is it out? It's out. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it's out. Um, the new Dua Lipa's out. I haven't listened to that yet. Um, I'm not... A, I'm not... Uh, I, do. I, I still need to hit puberty, but... I'm not big on Dua Lipa, so... Oh, I do a Lipa a lot. Um, I've never listened to her, so... Um, yeah, I... There's a lot of uh, albums coming out. Good, Yeah, great music. The new... Uh, I haven't listened to the new Jay Electronica, but apparently it's very good. Uh, what else? I don't know. You know, music sucks. It's not as good as, as movies. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently the uh, new Stuff Gen album came out last week. I'm just behind. Oh, wow. I just didn't. I'm just the new Half Life is out. I don't have a thousand dollars to play it though. So. Um, oh, if you want to talk about uh, just stuff we've been doing for the past uh, what, two weeks, I guess. Um, Animal Crossing, fucking love it. It's uh, dude. I have no idea what the game is, and I just see the post from it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> <laughs> I've never played an Animal Crossing game. I have never watched anyone play Animal Crossing. So it's like I just see like. Tom Nook, I see people catching fish, I see islands, I see, I don't know, I see people recreating the lighthouse, and I just don't understand, I don't even, I can't even begin to describe what the game is, I have no idea, I think I've, I, yeah. I, I, I get little gists of it, but I have no idea. A seagull, like, lands on your beach, and it's, and it says, like, bad luck to kill a seabird, and it's fucking insane. Does um, it say that? Yes. Oh, it actually references the movie? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, if I have to sell the game to you, it's basically like you, you're basically you win like a lottery from Tom Nook to like live on the island and like and he literally gives you your own tent and he gives you like a way of making funds. Like he put, sends you on missions to go make money or like he, uh, you can go buy like go <coughs> on the island like and sell them for money and then you can upgrade to like a house and you get he like basically like gives you like a fake mortgage and you just keep upgrading your house and you like and you can fly if you have like a nintendo online you can fly to your friend's island and it's like it's a friend of the pod kira and uh adam rollseth uh they i've been going to their islands a lot like recently and we just smack each other with our nets the entire time it's so much fun um you can like design like art and flags and stuff. Like one of my friends has an uncut gems flag on his mm-hmm. island. Uh, just like Howie's face when he says, "Holy shit, I'm about to come!" Like just, just <laughs> his face. Um, 
Yeah, uh, if anyone wants my Nintendo Switch friend code, just let me know. I'll add you. Yeah. Um, also, I, 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 uh, I, this goes without saying, I'm completely on the Uncut Gems, like, hype train now. I know, the last time I discussed it, I said I didn't love it as much as everyone else does, but now I'm completely, like, head over heels for the movie, so. Well, it took you long enough. It's 10 yeah. out of 10. I got a, I gave it a 10. I, I upped it to a 10 out of 10. What did you give it the first time? Like a 9? Uh, 9.5, yeah. I just... Okay. I was it's just like, oh, I like, yeah, I can it. identify how awesome this is, but I just don't love it as much as everyone else seems to. But like now, I'm just kind of like, now I'm completely an uncut gem shill. Just every chance I get. <laughs> There's literally nothing wrong with the movie. Like it's yeah, flawed. it's just like perfect. It's it's not pretentious. It's fun. It's just the. My it's dad the... liked it. David Falmoni enjoyed it. Uncut gems. Yeah, I haven't shown it to my mom yet. Um, my mom would absolutely hate the film, but I think my dad liked it. <laughs> I. The only movie I've shown my mom in quarantine um, is Knives Out, and she really liked it. Um, I showed my parents uh, What We Do in the Shadows. They liked that. Uh, and then my brother is showing them American Vandal right now. I'm surprised uh, they're going for American Vandal. That's, uh... They didn't. They didn't uh, they're going for American Vandal more than they went for uh, What We Do in the Shadows. It's pretty interesting. Um, they said so... What We Do in the Shadows was odd. <laughs> it's a good movie though um yeah, it's a great movie too yeah it's uh, actually I'll, i'll one-up you it's a fantastic movie actually i'm gonna say it's an awesome spectacular movie <laughs> um you said you had uh earlier that there were some shows you're you were watching uh was it american vandal or was there other stuff too uh i've been watching american vandal a lot uh great show uh i've been catching up on always sunny in philadelphia it's a great show oh holy uh, shit that's mm-hmm. one of mine too yeah i've been binging it <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a, I I always forget how funny the show is. Like I that show is a, it's one of those. Do you ever have like art? I guess art is not the right word, but like entertainment that like you know you would just be super into, but you just like haven't got like 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 taken like the the dive into it yet. Yeah, I'll talk about one of those in a second that I finally got That's, time for. Oh, all this. Yeah, always sunny in Philadelphia is one of them, and then Frank Ocean's that type of like I've listened to all of Frank Ocean's music and I like it a lot. I just don't listen to it like in my like i just haven't gotten like super familiar with it yet always sunny is like that um you don't you uh, haven't gotten into frick ocean if you haven't taken antidepressants in a target parking lot at 2 a.m and listen to it <laughs> yeah i haven't taken antidepressants in a target parking lot yet i did it in a walmart parking lot it just didn't hit the same uh but no, you, specifically you have to be at a target parking lot at 2 37 a.m taking antidepressants and having frank ocean on your ox that's when you know it's real that's when you vibe with him yeah uh i've been listening to i mean uh gibby i'm listening to a lot of uh what other shows uh, atlanta i i've been rewatching atlanta it's it's fucking uh, fantastic and my dad likes it too my dad loves donald glover it's really weird i didn't expect that <laughs> um yeah i haven't really watched a lot of shows here lately um, I'm kind of going. I'm back really and- terrible at watching TV shows. Like, I still haven't seen Fleabag. I said I was gonna watch that. I'll probably get around so to watching good. that now, though. It's and it's really short too. Like every episode's like 30 minutes, and there's only like 16 episode total. So you could like finish it like in two or three days. Um, it's a really easy binge. Um, she, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is dating uh, uh, Sarah Hall's favorite director, uh, Martin, Martin McDonough. McDonough. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Solo I- Star Wars story star Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, L L three seventeen herself. Um, yeah, I've been watching a few shows, but like I I feel kind of bad. Um, I started watching Mad Men for the first time, and I I'm so slow at it. I started last summer, and mm. I'm still only on season two. 
and it's just because every episode's like over an hour and it's it's an excellent show i love it but it's so like slowly paced and you gotta like get in the mindset to watch like an office drama like it's one of those shows i wish i watched when it was on the air because i would like be able to watch it like every sunday night or whatever Mm -hmm. but like having to binge mad men is kind of hard because it's like you gotta like it's kind of hard to get like in the groove of binging that like back to back to back so like every other week like once every two weeks i have to i'm like in the mood and i watch two episodes a month so that's why i'm moving so slow for it um two shows that i'm binging right now um like joe said i'm watching it's always sunny i've seen a lot of episodes for it before but i know i haven't seen every episode so i just started from the beginning because i got hulu um and i i remember most episodes but there's a few here and there that i've never seen um what season are you on? Uh, I, uh, I I I've I've seen like episodes here and there. Like I've seen I've seen all the big ones. I I went back and I'm in I'm in season six right now. Uh, right. I'm trying to catch up. But I've seen um how there's like how many seasons are there? Seven, sixteen? Fourteen. Yeah. There's fourteen. Um, I've seen seasons one to five, and I've seen eight and nine. So I'm watching. I don't know. I I just have seen it sporadically. I watch it when it's on TV. Um, and I, so I'm going to, I'm going to get through six and seven and then I'm going to get through 10 to 14. So, yeah, I, it's a really odd uh, watching schedule. I know. (laughs) I, um, have you seen that episode where Mac and Dennis are in the same house together for like however many days? Um, and like the fire alarms going off, it keeps beeping and like, Uh, no, I don't think I have. It's literally the lighthouse, but what's that? And it's (laughs) thing um i posted that on my twitter too i said like cinematic parallels between the lighthouse <laughs> and, uh it's always sunny um do you have a favorite episode from what you've seen uh i mean the nightman cometh one is just i mean that's a Perfect. iconic episode yeah. i'm a big fan of uh it's a it's an odd one but i like the one where uh uh, uh mac is like best friends with charlie and he's like and um but Char- uh, Mac is sleeping with the waitress. So, oh yeah, he's like, I would never betray your trust, and it's like, yeah, I would never betray your trust. <laughs> and then yeah, and then Dennis is like, actually, I think we're best friends, Charlie. And he's like, no, we're not. And then he like convinces some other. They get the walkie talkies together. And then, uh, the, that's Dennis is making Mac's making the the like the the parkour videos. Yeah, <laughs> um, I like that one quite a bit. I like. I'm trying to go through. There's so many good ones, so it's it's a bit tough. I like obviously the first one as as always. I like the uh, the abortion one. That's in the first season, I think, uh, where yeah. they go to the protest and they switch it's like sides. The second episode, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's the second episode. Oh, great. Because um, the first one's the one where like the race, the racial episode, and the second <laughs> one. <laughs> um, I like the one where they did, they pretend that they were veterans in the army. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> they yeah. go to the strip club. Uh, that's a good. <laughs> And then I liked the recently a recent one I enjoyed the Escape Room one I thought was really funny. Um yeah 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 that's a good one my I think my favorite of all time um I don't think it's a lot of people's favorite but it, I just for some reason I've seen it the most and I I think I know like every line to the episode <laughs> is when they go uh they get taken hostage by the McDoyles and, like, <laughs> um and like half the episode is uh Mac and Dennis trying to like seduce the sister. <laughs> or and like the other half is like Charlie like and Dee and Farrell 
and <laughs> then the other like the latter half is like uh frank and the vents like die hard like trying to find charlie's hidden treasure map <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good one Good and they thing. all like meet back up on the roof at the end and it's like it's honestly some of the most chaotic 20 minutes of television that i think i've ever seen um kid admittance is a really funny one uh uh I'm trying to think there's so many good ones like there's it honestly there's like over 100 episodes of sunny so you could easily mm-hmm. binge that um another show that i'm binging right now that i've again it's like kind of like what joe said i've seen episodes here and there but i've never fully seen it um it's seinfeld i'm start. i started from that's the another one i've seen episodes here and there but I, i've been intending to watch that yeah i mean uh me and my girlfriend got hulu recently so we uh we just been kind of she's watching 30 rock right now and i'm watching seinfeld and i i'm on season five i think and i just started season five and i have to say after watching season four within like two to three days i'm I mean, I know it's no new thing to say that Seinfeld is really good television, um, <laughs> but season four of Seinfeld is maybe the most perfect piece of media that I think I've ever seen. Like, wow, what happens in that season? Is it the one? It's like, like... Oh, oh, let me go to hold on. Let me go back to the list because I like I have to think it because there's like literally every single episode in season four is like a comedic masterpiece. Like hmm. I was like in all, like I, when I got, like, I got to like episode 14 or 15 out of 23, I was like, surely there has to be a bad episode somewhere, but like, no, every episode is like just as good as the last one. Um, like the first, like the, see if there's like an hour long premiere for season four where they, uh, Kramer gets, com- uh, f- like he goes to Hollywood and he gets convicted for murder. And, <laughs> It's really funny. And um, there's another one where they like pretend to be, uh, they like take someone's uh, like valet sign at the airport and they get taken uh, in a limo to a Knicks game. But it turns out the person's actually an activist for the KKK. And (laughs) and he's he's doing a face reveal to public for the first time. And when they got the limo, they think it's Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, (laughs) It's really funny. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the, the bubble boy, which is like, they he, there's a bubble boy who's like a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld and he has to go talk to him and he's he's like a raging sexist apparently <laughs> it's really awkward um yeah I mean there's so many um perfect uh episodes um oh there's another episode 11 of season four I think is probably the best episode of Seinfeld I've ever seen um it's the it's called the contest where they all have to agree, they like make a bet that they can all stop masturbating, um, and whoever like breaks has to give the group twenty dollars, and whoever like uh, doesn't let up gets all the money in the betting pool. Um, and it's just, it's genuinely so funny. Like I, it, describing it sounds weird, but like I've never seen a piece of media where there's like a laugh every ten seconds. <laughs> like it's insane. Um, yeah, so Seinfeld is, uh, Seinfeld and Sunny are kind of what I'm binging right now. And, uh, just a quick recommendation. I don't think anyone really watches the show and I feel kind of compelled to bring it up to people. Um, High Maintenance. Have you ever heard of the show? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, it's on HBO. It's a very indie, uh, show. It comes on Friday nights at 11 PM, which is a very weird time slot. Um, but it's about this weed dealer and it's kind of like an interconnected stories. Like you start off with a person, you don't know how they're going to tie into the main storyline, 
but eventually it's like about all of his the different people that buy weed from him and then like mm-hmm. why they're buying weed or why they need weed or what they use it for or like who they share it with or what their lives are like and it's just him going through new york city and like selling weed to different people and like and then you just find it's like it's a different story every episode both the same dealer throughout and it's a beautiful like it's a beautiful show it's sometimes it's funny sometimes it's really depressing sometimes it's weirdly scary it's like (laughs) it's like it's unlike anything i've ever seen um it's there's to check that out it's a really great show. Um, everyone that watches it loves it, but I don't really know anyone that watches it, so I highly recommend it. Um, so, Joseph, I know we kind of sold this episode as uh, comfort movies. Um, do you want to list or talk about some movies you consider to be comfort movies? Um, should I start with like the big one, or should I end with the big one? I think start with the big one. Okay, well, my, I mean, I, it's my, Adam might give me shit for saying it, but I think uh, my, my go-to comfort movie at all times of the year, it's especially now, I think now is a great time for it, because in the movie, the characters have to kind of kind of go away from society. I think uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is like, oh, wait, it's my favorite movie of all time. Why would like, I give I you shit? Because, I mean, I, I think you're going to be like, oh, we you say your favorite movie, Joe? I don't know. You just make fun of me for everything but uh i i think it's it's just uh i mean it's, the movie is it's i mean the movie the characters literally have to go underground and hide from society uh yeah. but i think the movie is it's such a every time i watch it it just reminds me like why i love life i just think it's such a fun it's such a joyful movie it's all there's so many incredible lines i'm surprised that like film twitter hasn't like rediscovered it because there's so much like willem dafoe is the rat is like one of the best performances of all time yeah uh and it's so funny it's so it's like not for kids at all uh even though kids can enjoy it but there's so much that like kids that like, go over kids heads uh and there's so there's every type of joke is in this movie there's like puns there's play on words there's like references there it's just such a good movie the soundtrack is killer as well the score is beautiful um the cinematography i think i mean i know isle of dogs is like kind of the popular choice uh but i think Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think, looks better than Isle of Dogs. I think it's just, it's my favorite movie of all time, and I just think, every time I watch it, it's just like watching a warm hug. I just think it's such a great film. Um, Adam, do you have, how do you feel about Fantastic Mr. Fox? It's a masterpiece. I don't disagree with you. I, um... Yeah, it's just, I mean, uh, Willem Dafoe is the rat. It's just really, like, I think it's just so, so funny. It's when he, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> I don't want, I don't even want to spoil the lines, but, like, uh, when he's, like, uh, like, it's just so good. I just can't. It, would you say? Are, are you chucking me? me? Or cussing with me? Yeah. Yeah, you cussing with me? What the cuss did you just say? Get the cuss out of here. And then, I, oh man, it's so like there's just so many incredible scenes to it. Uh, Is that the only animated movie George Clooney has done? Probably. I mean, I don't think he's done anything else like animated. It's such a good. All the man, it's it's George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Bill Murray. And uh, Willem Dafoe, like, watch Michael the movie. Sarah, Jason, Michael uh, Sarah, Jason uh, Schwartzman? Yeah. Jason um, Schwartzman. It's got... Uh, Tilda Swinton's well, in it, too, right? Tilda Swinton, I think so. And then Wes Anderson is a voice as well. Uh, um, so many... Isn't his um, wife in the movie Kate Blanchett? Uh, no, but Mr. Fox? Yeah. No, but Meryl Streep is, is Mrs. Fox. That's right. Um, 
yeah, I, I mean, I, I just forget about voices sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the movie itself is like, it's perfect. Like it's flawless. Um, it's just, I don't know. I just love it. It's just, it's shout out to Dane Futrell, friend of the pod. He, I, uh, the, I, I, for a while, I, 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 my favorite movie for a long time was La La Land, and then I was like, oh, I think it might be Prisoners. Uh, and then I was talking to Dane one time, and Dane was like, Joseph, your favorite movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I was like, you're so right. So I just I just love it. I think it's such a great film. Uh, what That's do you what any- Joe said to me when I uh, told him my favorite movie was a starting movie. He said, no, Adam, your favorite movie is Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> I was surpri- Honestly, Adam, I'm surprised you're not more devastated about Fast being pushed. I am devastated. What do, what do you mean? <laughs> I just I was expecting more 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 depression from you. I was surprised. It's so just, you're, you've been handling it well. I know you probably don't want to dwell on it, but I my counts my therapist said that I shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have anger management issues. I gotta control it. Uh, it's fast and furious is a trigger word for me, so I have to. Avoid it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I. God damn it! You're gonna make me. <laughs> okay, sorry. I gotta... <laughs> Adam, calm down. Adam, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, for anyone listening, still. Um, okay. So one of my actually, real quick. Um, my girlfriend Mia wanted me to. She gave me a list of movies. Um, to talk about that she considers she thinks these are the nine most essential comfort movies of all time um it's a very sporadic list so i don't even know how to order it so i'll just go down the list um she said the two most recent movies um that she just thinks are the most comforting movies to her are knives out (laughs) and birds of prey um which i know you love um <laughs> um yeah say something joe um and she's she wanted me to mention uh if you want to go for a disney like double feature the two best movies to do are lion king and tangled but she says um it's a great movie yeah it, the, i think that's like the best of the 2010s as far as disney goes like i'm trying to think i like rick at ralph quite a bit I liked I do like Rick and Ralph, but I like Tangled more. Um, the only one I would say competes with it is like maybe Big Hero Six, but mm-hmm. um, I would still probably put Tangled over that. Um, she wanted me to mention Groundhog Day as a masterpiece to her. Mm-hmm. Die Hard, Moonrise never Kingdom. Never seen it. What Die Hard? Yeah, I've never seen Die Hard. What? Mm-hmm. Sorry. That, okay, uh, Joe, this is this is your new assignment. Before the next pod, you you watch Die Hard and then you review it. Okay. Okay, well, that's going to, I mean, that'll be the biggest movie we can talk about because there's nothing coming out. <laughs> um, and she just wanted me to mention uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, Excellent film. And then two weird choices that I very commend, I commend her for these two. Uh, Burn After Reading, she says, is a comfort watch, mm-hmm. uh, which I actually, it's very funny, so I agree with. And the Jonathan Demi documentary, uh, uh, what's it called? Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads movie. Um, oh yeah oh that's a great movie yeah she said that's like the ultimate comfort movie to her mm-hmm. so um thank you mia for that list i read it as promised so you can put the knife down um and i wanted to give one real quick uh friend of the pod kira got me on these movies i've seen a little bit of the first one when i was a kid but i never watched the sequels um last weekend i watched all three austin powers movies mm-hmm. 
and um, they're delightful. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, I've seen the Austin Powers films. Do you like them? I love the Austin Powers films. They were one of the uh, my favorite. Like, uh, they were like my favorite movies as a kid. Not my favorite. They were like, I, I I think I've talked briefly about how like James Bond was a really big part of my childhood. So I just watched the Austin Powers movies a lot because they were just parodies of them. Yeah. But no, I love the Austin Powers films. I think one's probably the best. I haven't seen them in a very long time though, so I might give them a rewatch because of this. Yeah, I um, I love the first one. I. I surprisingly my I guess maybe hot take is that I think the sequel is a little bit better because it's so chaotic mm-hmm. um, like it literally opens with Dr. Evil on Jerry Springer um, <laughs> it's so fucking funny um, and then the third one's pretty good I didn't I, I know some people kind of hate that movie I, I think it's it's funny it has oh, some, like, Gold is good I like Goldmember it's really fun. If anything, it's worth it for the uh, Tom Cruise cameo at the beginning. Yeah, I was about to say that, that, that the opening's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's a really funny movie. Um, I, I'd say it's probably the weakest of the three, but it's yeah, still a good definitely. Movie. Um, yeah, I watched all three of those last week, and and Kira didn't exactly recommend them to me, but she's been post her and a uh, uh, friend of the pod, Sean, uh, have been posting about it on Twitter like crazy, and I just like fine, I'll watch them, and. I remember the first, like, I remember pretty much every scene from the first one, but the weird thing is I don't have any distinct memory of when I saw it. Like, I don't remember ever watching it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I remembered every single scene that happened in that movie. Um, the second one, I kind of remembered sporadically, like Fat Bastard, I obviously remembered, but like, yeah. Um, and then Goldmember was almost like an entirely new experience to me. Like, the twist of, spoiler alert, um, of Austin and Dr. Evil being brothers like mm-hmm. actually shocked me because I was like, wait, what? Um, it's which almost like the Ray Palpatine reveal. Yeah, which one does the <laughs> does Ben Stiller get thrown into the pit? Which one is that? Uh, is it Ben Stiller? Do you know what joke I'm talking about? Uh, ben Stiller. He hits the button and the guy falls into like the pit of fire and he's like, I'm still alive. Like and he's screaming from under the table. Hold on. I I feel like I know what you're talking about. Um. I guess I'm misremembering it. I don't know. <laughs> no, like I know what you're talking about. Um, it's yeah, like he the the like the thing drops like his yeah, chair. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the first one. I think. Uh, but I'm not positive. That's a good joke. I miss that type of comedy. That type of. Oh, it's Will Ferrell that does film. that. Oh, it's Will Ferrell. Okay. I I, I guess I I forgot my my comedy stars. I confused them. Because he he dies he doesn't die I guess but he comes back in the opening to the second one. And then, and if you stay for the credits for the second one, he's still alive at the end of that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he like he can't die in the Austin Powers universe. Um, yeah, those movies are fucking awesome. Um, and uh, just to go in like another one to recommend real quick. Um, if you guys haven't seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire yet, um, it's streaming on Hulu as of today. So go watch it. Um, it's amazing. Uh, Joe, do you want to give another comfort watch movie? Um, well, branching off of like comedy, uh, this is another kind of silly spoof type movie. Uh, Pop star, never stop, never stopping. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw Hot Rod in there too. Um, these are uh, lonely, the Lonely Island comedies. I'm a big fan of the Lonely Islands. Uh, they were a big part of like my high school experience uh, and uh, middle school too. I just think, I mean, I, I loved their stuff, but I think I think Pop Star and Hot Rod are like genuinely really great movies. Uh, I think Pop Star is probably better than Hot Rod. Uh, even though Hot Rod holds a special place in my heart, uh, Popstar, it's uh, I, I, I I gave it a ten out of ten when it came out. It's one of my favorite comedies. The first time I saw it, 
I saw it in theaters. I legit had to like stop myself from laughing so I could hear the jokes because I was missing jokes because I was laughing too hard. Uh, it's a it's a musical mockumentary parody movie uh, about friendship and and there's a, there's really great songs in it. There's really funny sequences. Um, there's a, probably the, the best use of subtitles in a movie in this film. Uh, it's just a it's a really uh, kind of super. Nobody saw it. It bombed really hard at the box office, but. I think it's uh, kind of very much the definition of like a hidden gem. I think this movie is excellent. Uh, Adam, how do you feel about Popstar? Um, I don't think comedy has ever reached the heights um, that the uh, Fuck Bin Laden song did. Um, <laughs> that's literally the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, uh, funny story about that song. We, I was leaving... That, that movie came out, what, 27? It came out the same year. It came out... This is a story, but that movie... 2016 it came out the same day that Bo Burnham Make Happy came out so I saw Hot Rod I saw Popstar in theaters and then I stayed up till three in the morning to watch Bo Burnham Make Happy so it was a very big day for me uh but the, I was listening to the soundtrack at school uh this is back when I was in high school and I, I got in the car with my friend and I bluetooth connected to the speaker and it started to play just like the music was blasting and it played the fucking lawn song and my principal walked right past my car when that happened <laughs> <laughs> And he gave you a he gave you a he let you like graduate early because of it. Yeah, he was like, get out of here. It's I was, actually it was a it was a woman. So shout out to Connie Collins, Doctor <laughs> Connie Collins. Um, yeah, I fucking love that movie. Um, I think the scene where they're parroting TMZ. And oh like, oh my god, it's so funny. And the cops keep getting bigger every time. Yeah, they like, the company, there's more straws and. <laughs> and like the way uh, Will Arnett is like dying laughing and like Eric Andre is yeah. like. He's like screaming at him. Yeah, dude, it's uh, like Will Arnett, Eric Andre, and Mike Birbiglia are all just like losing their minds in that, that scene. And then he's like, they get emotional. I, I shouldn't spoil the joke, never mind. No, it's it's literally like the funniest thing. Um, if you uh, want to go. Hot Rod is another great movie. Hot Rod's a yeah. bit rough around the edges. And there's, I mean, there's some like, like just really kind of iconic sequence, like the Cool Bean sequence, and then the Will Arnett being like, babe, babe, babe. Babe, no, no, babe, don't go, babe. That sequence is great. Um, there's a the, the the hardest I'd ever laughed at a movie for the longest time was in Hot Rod, the scene where he falls down the mountain for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, that God, that's literally the funniest. Um, I yeah, that movie. I saw that in theaters actually when I was. Oh, 10. that's so cool. Yeah, I I went with my godfather to go see it, and he uh, he was notorious for taking me to see like semi-inappropriate comedies in theaters but um he's the reason i saw stepbrothers and like uh get smart and stuff in theaters um but yeah i used to love hot rod i still do i actually own it on dvd um i just pop it i in have some... a blu-ray it's a rare cop the blu-ray of hot rod is a rare find i have it I'm looking at I it just, right now i just got it at a fye for like two bucks i think and <laughs> I was like, I saw it like when I went to, I had like no intention of buying anything at FYE. And then I like went in there and I saw Hot Rod for $2. I'm like, what am I going to do? And like not get it. Like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, that's a very good pick. Cause I, I could probably watch that movie like literally anytime I want to. Um, yeah. I saw E2 Mama Tombi in there. I got it. I got E2 Mama Tombi in there for four bucks. That's a good, that's a really good find. Um, one time, this isn't a FYE, but one time I went to, uh, like a 7-Eleven to get gas and I had to go in and pay because I had cash and they had like a Fox Searchlight box, or not a box set, but like a four pack and mm-hmm. it was like the Tree of Life, Martha, Marcy, my Marlene um, like in like uh, I think Take Shelter 
and some other movie. I probably even the movies mixed up, but I know it was at least Tree of Life and Martha Marcy May. It was like five dollars for mm. a four pack, and I was like, Jesus Christ! Like I didn't buy it because I didn't have enough money to like do both, but I was like, that's a weird find in a Seven Eleven. Um, yeah, that's, that's I really bought. Uh, there was a. I got. Uh, it was a, it was a double pack and it was a fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more and if I bought that there. <laughs> How much was that? Oh, it's seven eleven. That's yeah. really good. That's a good find. Um, yeah, honestly, the best finds you can find like stuff at is either like gas stations, mm-hmm. Fye, um, or thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Um, one time my girlfriend bought. Um, uh, she thought she was buying the Dark Knight, um, at the thrift store. And she got home and she got like really upset and she was like, it's not, they gave me the wrong DVD. And I'm like, what, what's in it? And she's like, 2001, a space odyssey. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> a pretty good mix up actually. <laughs> so like uh, now she has the dark Knight, uh, just like the cover of it, but 2001's in it. And she like made like a, her own cover of 2001 for it. Um, yeah. That's, that's a really good pick. And if we're like kind of uh, stemming off for comedies, um, I think the Jump Street movies are like oh yeah those are excellent endlessly rewatchable. Um, mm-hmm. I both of them I think I mean do you have a preference between twenty one or twenty two? Um the uh, when I at the time I, when I saw twenty two I liked twenty two more but I think twenty one just gets the edge to get twenty one's a little bit funnier but I haven't seen them in probably a couple years. I don't even know what I prefer, honestly, because like they're both like so quotable. But like, mm-hmm. I think I mean, 22... I, my, my name is Jeff has had such a light has had such a it was a meme and then it was a dead and then it was cringy and it was it came back ironically. Like I still say my name is Jeff as a joke. It's like a running joke in my friend group. <laughs> the thing is though, it's still funny. Like every it's time... still funny. That's the thing. Like the scene is still funny. <laughs> but the scene, like the way Channing Tatum says it in that opening, and like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still funny like it's still funny like i don't there's a there's a part of that scene that makes me laugh every time it's just a small moment but like when he gets out when they both get out of the car and then jonah hill starts like walking with his pants down and then Tram's <laughs> like are you fucking kidding me and just, just the way he says that. yeah i don't know it's like that that movie has like i don't know it's like kind of it's a very popular like the jump street movies are very popular and like a lot of the jokes are very well known now but like they're oh, still like God. That when he's doing the slam poetry, it's still like it still makes me laugh every time. <laughs> um, we need to get a refill on tampons. I gotta refill my boner. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so funny. Um, another good comedy. Um, Clue. This movie is kind of underrated, almost. Have you seen Clue? I did not expect you to say that. I've seen Clue. I just didn't expect you to say that. It's a, such a good movie. Um, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm probably going to rewatch it this weekend. Um, but, like, it's a classic in my eyes. And sometimes I, like, mention it to people, and they're like, oh, they're like, oh, I've never seen Clue. And I'm like, how have you not seen Clue? That movie's... I mean, do you like it? I like Clue. I haven't seen it since I was, like, eight. But I like Clue. I love Clue so much. Um, another one uh, that I think we can both contend to is uh, Me and Earl, the Dying Girl. Um, oh well, I mean that's if you're ready for like a an emotional trip, then I'd, I'd recommend that film. I think it's a very comforting movie because like yeah, it does feature like cancer and stuff, but like mm-hmm. it's very life affirming and there's something about the humor and the style of it 
Mm. It's just very cozy. And like the entire mood of the movie is very cozy. Like you can just kind of lay down and like get in a blanket and just watch it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not to do with like Brian Eno's score, which is like I. Oh yeah, I mean Big Ship. I listen to like every day. Yeah, like um, for like the past five years of my life, I've been falling asleep to Brian Eno every night. So mm-hmm. um, just because he makes those comforting music, I think of anyone at all time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Um, and just real quick, here's a movie that I don't think is talked about enough, but I think it's like a masterpiece. Um, kind of like a romantic comedy, but it's uh, Crazy Stupid Love, which that's a great movie. Fucking awesome movie. Um, mm-hmm. I I saw the movie three times in theaters when it came out. Um, I I just think it's like a flawless romantic comedy. Like there's literally nothing wrong with it. It's like mm-hmm. it, it's endearing. It's funny. It has twists that you don't see coming. Like um, what's the, what is what's what's Kevin Bacon's character's name? What is it? Is it's a uh... Oh, I know what you're talking about, because they all say it at the end. Yeah, they all uh, say it at the end. So. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. Um, that's such a good... Well, I mean, the uh, the the back... You know, I won't spoil it, but the, the backyard scene is such a great scene. Yeah, like, in, like the reveal of, like, how characters know each other <laughs> is, like, the craziest thing. Oh, yeah, David also, Lynn Hagen. Uh, there's David, yeah, Lynn Hagen. Yeah, uh, oh, man. I, you're making me want to rewatch that film. Uh, that movie is so good, like... Ryan Gosling is so great in that film. And also, like, the character development in that movie for, like, every single... There's, like, 20 characters in that movie. And mm-hmm. every single one of them has, like, a character arc in it. And yeah, those, are, all... those directors... I didn't see Focus, but I I, I love you, Philip Morris. They directed... I, I thought that was a great movie. And, I mean, uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot was a bit rough around the edges, but I still thought that had a pre- pretty good heart to it. I didn't like Whiskey Tango, but I, I do contend uh, I love you, Philip Morris. is really good. And Focus... Mm-hmm. Um, Focus I didn't is see really Focus. It's really good. I, I really like it. Um, for some reason, they're signed on to, to direct the Harley Quinn and Joker movie. That'll never happen. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, I think that's another assignment for you, Joe. Watch Focus. It's, it's actually like um, they, they tried to experiment. It kind of felt like Michael Mann-esque at points, mm. but it's really fun. It's a good movie. They did um, a lot of episodes of This Is Us. I don't watch that show, but. Fucking great show. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, like I, I love that show. Um, They're I making watched... a movie about Vince McMahon. It's in pre-production. Yeah. Um, another, Writer of uh... Underdog wrote that for the script. Oh, that's reassuring. <laughs> Last week, my girlfriend came home and she was like, uh, "You know what we should watch again?" I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "Underdog." And I'm like, "Should we?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess Do they're we... doing the the John McAfee film. The what? The John McAfee film. Who's that again? Uh, he made McAfee the, the he's like a, basically, he's just kind of a crazy billionaire. He had, like, girls shit in his mouth and stuff. He, like, owns an island. Oh, okay. I've, I don't even know that. Okay. Michael, uh, uh Michael Keaton was supposed to play him, but I guess Zach Efron's attached now. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, uh, so you were watching Underdog? I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. No, I, I she just said, uh, we should rewatch Underdog, and I'm just like, should we? I don't know if we should. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, that was like the coolest movie. I saw, a, I remember I went to an advanced screen of that movie um, when I was a kid. Uh, like, was it 2007, I think? And I remember even when I saw the movie, I didn't like love it. And I was, but the only thing that came out of that movie that still is a hype today is the Kyle Massey underdog theme song. Oh, oh, dude, it's so good. It's <laughs> it so good. It's literally, like unironically, it slaps. That it's is like, probably, that's, 
probably the only reason I like that movie because I thought that movie was so cool just because I thought the song under underdog under underdog oh dude when, for on speed of lightning roar of thunder dude it's so good <laughs> who's that flying in the sky underdog <laughs> oh dude so I, I'm gonna listen to it when this podcast is over <laughs> I'm gonna play it at the oh, top man. of the episode that's gonna play at the top of the, dude that'll get people to keep listening people okay put it at the beginning and the people are gonna be like why the fuck did they play the underdog theme and when they get to the if anyone makes it to this part in the episode it's gonna be like, like a oh. rival where it's like a palindrome it's a beginning and an end and then you gotta meet in the middle mm-hmm. um to explain yeah um uh another um uh, this is the last one i'll do real quick uh another really good like feel good movie that like never ceases to like cheer me up uh Mamma Mia, here we go again. That was um, on my list. I'll take that one off. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, we can talk about it real quick. It's like it's just literally like the nicest movie. Ever. Yeah, I, I, uh, I love the first Mamma Mia. Um, I think it's it's not it's terrible, but it's so good at the same time. And uh, I think the first Mamma Mia is such like a chaotic, insane movie that makes no sense. That I love it so much. And what pisses me off. Is Mamma Mia 2 is, like, legitimately good? Like, it's not good. It's not, like, a... It's not good because it's a guilty pleasure. It's, like, actually a great yeah. movie. No, that's the thing about it. Like, it was... I... I remember I didn't see Mamma Mia the first time until, like, a week before um, the sequel came out. And I didn't... I thought the first one was, like, fun. But, like, I think we feel the same way. Like, it's fun, but not exactly, like, a great movie. But then, like, when I no, saw... Like, parts of it are really bad. Parts of it... Are, I mean, it's just kind of a, a silly... It's, off kilter film yeah it's very um very wacky but i, I mean remember, it's like the most like white women drinking white wine movie i've ever seen yeah and it's crazy because like this second one's like incredible like it's a great movie <laughs> like and i'm like oh, what's his name old parker that directed it old mm-hmm. parker didn't need to slap that hard but he did for us mm-hmm. like i remember when i saw it and i started watching it i was like oh no this is like a real movie like i wanted it to just be like off the wall insane but he like made a real like a genuinely good musical <laughs> the ending's like emotional too like mm-hmm. um yeah i mean and lily james is incredible as mm-hmm. meryl streep's donna oh, yeah, she's like, a great show um yeah i i love that movie with all my heart like i've seen it like five times now and i i'll probably rewatch it during quarantine just because it, like it never fails to put me in a good mm-hmm. mood um do you have another uh, comfort watch for me? Um, yeah, I get, I'll do. We we talked about uh, a couple. I mean, uh, you mentioned Moon, Moonrise Kingdom. I think Moonrise Kingdom and uh, Rushmore are really comfort. I, I really, those movies are just kind of big big hugs as well. I know I I just I'm a Wes Anderson shill at this point. Um, Brooklyn. Uh, it was a movie from a couple of years ago uh, with uh, Saoirse Ronan and Don Paul Gleason. I think yeah. that's a really, really just movie is just such a pleasant movie to watch. I get it's a really sweet story. I get I, every time I watch it. Final shots of all time. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, I get like super invested. I get I'm like I'm like yelling at the screen. Like I like I just get super invested in their romance. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a is a, a, a rom com that I think is super super underrated. I think that movie uh, the script is so good and Mila Kunis is just the prettiest woman alive. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that um that movie really is a comfort movie because it's it's like so like you kind of go through his pain the entire movie mm-hmm. and then like at the end it's like so it's like very catharsis driven like it's very mm-hmm. it's beautiful I love that movie. 
Uh, Swiss Army Man is on my list. Uh, that movie's a bit weird, but I think it's like a, if we're talking about like life affirming type films, every time I watch that movie, I like, I go through it. Uh, I think it's such a, I know it's not for everybody. Uh, it's a bit odd, but I think that, how do you, how do you, how do you feel about the movie? I've never asked you. Swiss Army Man? Yeah. I love Swiss Army Man. It was one of my favorite uh, movies of what, 2016? I think it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. I think that's an excellent film. Uh, yeah, the would... Cornetto trilogy is a movie, is a series I'd recommend. Uh, those are yeah, really I, great. I rewatched it, the Cornetto trilogy this summer, and um, you know what? I, I've always like loved all three movies, but I didn't realize until my binge this summer like how good The World's End was. Yeah, that's my favorite one. I think that one is so so good. Yeah, I don't know if it's my. I think Shaun of the Dead might be my favorite still because. I kind of grew up with that movie, and I have like so many memories attached to it. But I, it might have uh, the world's end might have overcame Hot Fuzz for me, which I didn't expect over my rewatch. Mm. Um, Hot Fuzz is still amazing, but uh, the world's yeah. end is like dramatic and like sad at points. Like, I mean, uh, what's his uh, Simon Pegg's performance is like legitimately like moving at points. Yeah, like it's just that. I mean, especially like even like the first like five ten minutes of that movie where you're like finding out about his character, it's mm. like depressing and like just seeing him like being so stuck in the past it's like yeah it's, it's genuine pikes in that film uh, um yeah martin freeman um nick frost uh it's yeah. it's so good um pierce brosnan's really funny pierce brosnan uh, yeah uh yeah it's a really good movie um yeah i yeah i love that movie that that's a good pick the cornado trilogy that's actually like really good pick because like all three of those movies they're like so different from each other but they're like all equally great so like that's a that's like a good way to like just spend an entire day if you wanted to mm-hmm. or even like just three days if you wanted to like split it up um yeah yeah um i have just a few to like there's like some that i don't really need to talk about um but um here's like a double feature for you if you want some like mr rogers goodness do like a double mm-hmm. feature of a beautiful day in the neighborhood or and want you to be my neighbor and that would like just make your day better um because i think both those movies are tremendous and i think with everything going on right now mr rogers can kind of like heal people so it's like you know that's probably a good pick um the paddington movies are up there mm-hmm. um i mean you can't go wrong with paddington um another one that i think joe agrees with me on but i'm not completely sure uh it's my favorite mcu movie guardians volume two yeah um, it's, yeah <laughs> it's fucking tremendous um it's my I, second uh, favorite next to guardians oh, the first one well, guardians is my favorite one i think that movie's a masterpiece yeah i i mean i love the first guardians as well but there's something about guardians volume two that's like so quiet and like mm. intimate and it's like a hangout movie like it's barely even an mcu movie for like 75 percent of it like how about it's just them chilling and talking about their trauma on an island yeah. like there's something like beautiful about it and very calming um i love that movie um yeah that's a the first uh the first guardians for me is just like the i remember it was like when it was announced i everyone like every every single review for guardians is like oh what a big surprise like we didn't know what this was and it blew me away i was like super excited for it ever since it was announced and i was like i'm really excited for it and it just surpassed out all the expectations i had that's like probably my favorite like mcu theater experience i just thought it was just such a exciting night for me so i just i, I the first guardians like really kind of holds us but like kind of the way that the first avengers feels for a lot of people is the way i mean i the first avengers is probably a more exciting time but like just the first guardians i just have such fond memories with did you see that at a screening or did you just like pay for it 
I just paid for it. I saw Avengers. I've seen. I saw Avengers two, the Age of Ultron. I saw that at a screening, and I've seen. I didn't see Endgame or Infinity War at a screening, but I think the rest of the Marvel movies I went to screenings for. Yeah, I remember um, when we saw Ragnarok together, which is another comfort <laughs> movie, I think, because that movie's fucking awesome. Um, I remember when we saw that together, you were like not laughing at all during that movie, and mm-hmm. I'm like, What's this guy's fucking problem, like, like. <laughs> uh but yeah guardians volume two was like so good for me and then like i i saw the first one like so many years ago like they used to screen marvel movies like almost a month early in orlando like for every movie (laughs) like because i saw i remember i saw like in 2014 the winter soldier i saw like a month early uh just for no reason they screened it here that early and that was such an incredible experience i had to like because in that movie like when shield collapses and that's just a big like turning event for the MCU, and like I couldn't talk about it with anyone for a month. Like I was like, holy shit! And then they screened Guardians like a month early too. Like it came out like in August that year. Um, I saw it like around Fourth of July, um, mm. which was insane. I was like, how did I get these tickets? And yeah, like there's something about the first Guardians that's like also what very comfortable. Thanos just pops up. Yeah, I like that. And he looks nothing Josh like he does. Josh Brolin is Thanos just pops. He looks nothing like he does in the Infinity War, but... His, his design changed, because he's in the first Avengers movie, briefly, at the end, and he looks like a, like an actual grape in that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he's in Guardians for like a split second. Like, he's in one scene, and he's on a hologram the next scene, and that's it. And then um, the next two... And then completely different design in Endgame and Infinity War um yeah that's i just think i chose volume two because it's just such a like nice relaxing movie um mm-hmm. very emotional um very sweet um so yeah that's another one and just one more before we go back to you um amelie that's a great feel never movie. seen amelie I, you I haven't seen amelie no i must get, it's been on my watch list for a bit forever yeah, that's a great movie. Um, I there's something about it. It's just a very optimistic movie. Um, it's all about love and like uh, fate and stuff and like just there's something about it that's just very and it's beautifully shot too. It's like some of the most gorgeous cinematography I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that yeah, that's a big pick for me. Um, do you have anything else, Joseph? Um, this is a weird one. Uh, it's not like a. I think Inside Lewin Davis is like a weirdly like. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna, me. I was gonna put that down. That's a, that's a good one. It's a, it's a super like devastatingly depressing film, but it's yeah. weirdly hopeful. Like it's a, it's like a weird movie because it's like most of it is like horrifically, almost over the top depressing. But there's just this undercurrent of hope in it, and every time I watch it, I, 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 I it's one of my, it's probably my favorite Coen Brothers movie, and it's kind of a hot take. But uh, I just, um, I, I just, I just it love might be it. My favorite joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, remember, it was the first one I got to see in theaters. The first Con Brothers movie I ever saw in theaters. So I just actually kind of have. At, a, I, I'm looking at their list now. I might agree with you. That that might be their best one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously like uh, No Country for Old Men is fantastic, and uh, Big Lebowski and uh, Mother uh, Fargo, Fargo and stuff are great. But Inside Lewin Davis, I just has kind of always just like really kind of meshed me- meshed with me. And I, I, I know it's 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 a weird it's kind of a weird pick because it's a really it's a kind of just known for how sad it can be, 
Uh, but I think it's a uh, Oscar watching Oscar Isaac's journey has always been nice. So yeah, I there's something about that movie that I always associate with because I saw it at the Indian Theater when that when it came mm-hmm. here, and I always associate it with this cup of coffee I had during the movie, and mm-hmm. I still think that that cup of coffee that I had at Indian that day was the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life because it tasted like so fresh and like it was like the literally like. Just imagine. Do you like coffee? I forgot. Uh, no, I don't drink coffee. Well, just imagine your favorite, like the best can of Dr. Pepper you ever had, <laughs> and like imagine you watch that with like a very soothing movie, and like just like that's your memory with it. Like, and I just love Lewin Davis. Like it's mm-hmm. so it's quiet, it's chill, the music's great. Um, Cinematography's great. Oscar Isaac's great. It's so funny, also. Yeah, it's genuinely funny. It's got it's weird because it's one of those it's like got it's almost got like sequences like there's the John Goodman sequence is great the Please Mr Kennedy sequence is excellent uh, Adam Driver and Poe and uh, Poe and uh, Poe and Kylo are in the same movie I didn't I just put that yep. together. Uh, I remember when uh, when Star Wars the cast was announced I was like super excited for Oscar Isaac because I was like he's so he's so excellent and inside the yeah universe. everyone on Twitter was sharing that um like that scene the Mr Kennedy scene. Mm-hmm. And the casting came out. <laughs> Please, that's such a good scene. Please, Mr. Kennedy. Uh oh, it's such a good movie. There's a, a song, uh, in the film. Hey, uh, it's called uh, "Fare Thee Well." That's yeah. like, I, it's just such a banger of a song. It's I'm not, I'm not I I I don't listen to folk music in my free time, but like, "Fare Thee Well" comes on quite frequently. That's such a good song. Yeah, whenever I want to like cry or just fall asleep to it, like I just mm-hmm. pop it on. Um, yeah, that's a very comforting movie. And if we want to like continue the trend of like movies that you wouldn't expect to be comforting, but they are to like us, um, mm-hmm. I I put these two down. Uh, the Shining in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like those movies as comforting movies because they're both so long, so you can like watch them for like a while. But they're also like there's something about the way Kubrick films in them that they're so spacey and like quiet at times, or they're like very like scenic vision like driven like there it's all about spaces and imagery so you can mm-hmm. almost watch it for an aesthetic experience without having to like emotionally attach to the movie every time you watch it mm-hmm. like there's something about 2001 especially it moves so slow at times that i could just like watch it and just like kind of zone out with it um i know that's kind of a weird pick but like i love it and another one is uh phantom thread um mm-hmm. that's a very comforting movie um like the score and mm-hmm. just like the cinematography and everything just everything about it like it's funny it's beautifully shot um it's just like a very soothing movie for me yeah um i think silverlining's playbook is another one i didn't know oh, if i was gonna put on my list pick. that's a very I good think pick. it's a super fun movie uh gattaca is a film that i i, I weirdly it kind of I, have seen you seen gattaca no, i've never you seen, ever seen gattaca oh i'd recommend seeing it's ethan hawk uh shout out to sarah hall uh and um <laughs> It's uh, I'm gonna name drop Sarah in every podcast episode now. That's what. Yeah, she texts me every time she listens to it, so I'm, she's gonna be texting me like every episode now. <laughs> um, the Gattaca, it's a film. It's a it's a kind of high concept sci-fi film, but it's 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 one of those like I'm trying to it's trying to director it's, 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 uh, it's like, he, is it De Palma or is it? No, it's not De Palma. He, I don't think he's done anything else good. Jamie, Jamie, can you uh, can you look? Yeah, it up, Andrew Nichol, the guy who did it in Time. Uh, he did it. The host and Lord of War. He did that. 
Yeah, he did In Time, Lord of War, and the, I think Gattaca's probably his best movie. But what did uh, I tell you to watch earlier? Uh, Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard. Watch that. Okay, if you watch Die Hard, I'll watch Gattaca. We're both report back next okay. week. Gattaca is a it's a super simple movie and it's like uh kind of it's not cheesy. It's one of the it's just a very earnest film I think and it's very right. like I don't know it's just kind of like it just I like watching it like every time I watch it it's like Jude Law's in it he does a very good job it's a uh, it's just a very like nice movie I don't know it's it's very it's just a very nice movie do you know what it's about at all or no no I I have no idea don't don't it's even about, tell me. You don't even want to know? Okay. No, I'll just wa- I'll blind watch it. Um, okay, cool. That's a great. I already um, committed to it, so like I'll just mm-hmm. I'll report back next week, and I just like I'll have no idea. I know what Die Hard's about, so I. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I almost want this to be like a blind watch. Like you just tell me to watch something, and I'll. Well, we can do this like every week while this quarantine thing is going on. Yeah. We'll like give each other a movie we each haven't seen, and then I think it'll be easier for me at Joe because mm-hmm. he hasn't seen it as much as I have. But. Yeah. I, um, I for a while I do have to say Adam for a while I was like the guy who had seen like the most movies I know but Adam is just kind of you've been I mean you've been into film longer than I have uh yeah so it's just you have this like just incredibly large backlog of movies that you've seen and I I've seen quite a bit of movies I've seen I like to think I've seen more than most people but like Adam has just seen I I can't even compete like it's Adam, it's Joe, Joe has seen he sees like two movies a month you know that uh, meme on Twitter where it's like, uh, okay, that's enough uh, progressiveness for today. Like, <laughs> yeah, I see one movie and I'm like, all right, that's enough. That's, <laughs> you know that meme from uh, Captain America: Civil War? He's like, all right, that's enough. Joe <laughs> 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 watches like he uses his A-list ticket once. He's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> but I used to, I used to see like when I was in middle school, I'd watch two movies a day. Like that was like my, th- I just every day that's all I would do. So, but now I just am like depressed so i don't, <laughs> don't. <laughs> I just, yeah i i haven't um i just i mean i have a lot of free time now and um i i mean everyone does but it's just uh i have like a watch list of things i haven't seen before like i'll give you my watch list and you can pick something out from it okay mm-hmm. um like what's I mean, like it, the what's like the biggest movie like most like popular movie you've never seen hold on let me go to my watch list real quick and i'm gonna like i'll literally like sort it by film popularity Mm-hmm. Um, your name is a big one. Have you seen your name? Is that the anime one? Yeah, like where they switch bodies or whatever. Uh, I know I haven't one. seen that film. Um, Upstream Color I've never seen. Oh, that's a great movie. You've you've seen that? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I could that could be another one. Um, yeah, Upstream Color. Uh, Krisha, Krisha. Uh, Krisha, the, uh, Krisha, the man, yeah. your movies are a lot <laughs> more obscure than mine. Yeah, there's some movies on here that like are very acclaimed that I just never got around to. Like, um, I don't know, I haven't seen any of Kelly Reichardt's films. So, uh, yeah. I think the biggest I haven't seen uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I haven't seen what? Yeah, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Uh, I have never seen The Godfather Part Two. Joseph, uh, you're gonna hit me. I've never seen Magnolia. Uh, I've never seen. Um, do you have a watch list on your letterbox? I do have a watch list on my letterbox. Are they all like? Are they actually full of movies that you haven't seen? I have. I think I have over. I have 150 movies on this list. Uh, I'm gonna make an effort to like make a list of movies that aren't on your letterbox, and then I'm gonna like have you watch a lot of them during. The I haven't morning. seen Seven Samurai. I haven't seen. Jesus 
sorry. I've never seen the Before trilogy. I've never seen... Joseph, whoa. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, I never saw. Uh, stop, stop, stop. Dude, I'll just keep going. I've never seen... Uh, before trilogy? The Before Sunset, Before Midnight, Before... Jesus Christ, what? I've never seen uh, Lahane. That's a really popular yeah, film. Great movie. Uh, I've never seen... Uh, what's another big one? Uh, uh, I love that. Yeah, I've, I'm sitting above, under a poster of it right now. Yeah, uh, Rosemary's Baby, I've never seen. Yeah. Um, uh, just okay. Uh, Rage of Ball, I've never seen. I'm gonna make a list, okay? Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a big, fat, sexy list for you, and then we're gonna, we're gonna go back to it each week. Um. Yeah, I'll, and I'll report, I'll give you, like, some of the biggest movies that I haven't seen. Yeah. And then you can choose one for me each week, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any more comfort movies, or? Um, uh, there's a film, uh, what's the name? Uh, never mind, I, I don't even remember the name of it, so it's probably not that good. Um, I, uh, I, Borat is a comedy I love. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant <laughs> film. Um... Marriage Story is uh, weird. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Minding the Gap is a great documentary. Great. Uh, yeah. uh, did I tell you I saw the I met the director at Sundance? I think so. Yeah. Bing. Yeah, I was in line for Minari, and he was like in the press. He was in the special line, and I was like, Bing, I love you. And he was like, Thanks, and walked away. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got for like comforting films. Yeah, I got- Rival. That's another. That's a kind of a. It is, Heavy. and you don't expect it to be, but it is. Yeah. Um, the Beach yeah, Bum. The Beach Bum. My dad watched that today, actually. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, Did he like it? Yeah, he liked it a lot. He thought he's, he was like, kind of sad at the end. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Beach Bum and Spring Breakers are two. I don't I've know about seen Spring Breakers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh um, Days to Confuse is a good comfort movie. Yeah, I like that one. Hello, My Name oh. is Doris is a good one. Sing Street. Uh, once. Sing Street's pretty good. Um, yeah, I... L is a pretty comforting movie. There's one. Uh, I don't think you like this movie as much as I do, but Columbus is a very comforting movie to me. Um, it's just kind of you go on an emotional journey with the characters and you watch, like, just look at beautiful architecture for, like, however long, and it's it's just a stunning movie. Yeah, um, it's, like, another underwhelming. And... Columbus I... is very... There's a movie coming out called Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and it's like I, I it gives Columbus vibes, so I, I'm pretty sure you'll dig it. So you you don't like Columbus, do you? I like Columbus. I don't think Columbus is like great though. Like I think Columbus is definitely worth seeing, but I wouldn't like put it in my like top ten of the year. It's it's a fantastic movie. Don't listen to Joe. Um, have you ever seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Uh, yes, I have. That's a great movie. I love that movie. Not many people like it, but I I love it. That's um, one. That's one of the most. When people say like, "What's a movie that people that people don't really like that you enjoy?" Uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty gets brought up quite a bit. I think that movie has a really good heart. I think not all of it like works, but I think it's just like uh, I think Ben Stiller is just kind of it's it's another one of I think it's just another one of those like really earnest films. It's like it's not pretentious about itself at all, and it just is very like much about what it's about. You know, it doesn't kind of get trapped under. It's not, it, do you know what I'm trying to say? It doesn't get like it's. it's no, not I like, mean it's, it's a very optimistic movie. Like it's mm-hmm. very, very soothing. It's very 
yeah there's nothing like pretentious about it it's just very sweet like there's something about it like it's just like everyone has like a wish fulfillment thing where they want to like stop what they're doing and go like across the country or like out of the country and just like go on a random journey and mm-hmm. the thing is this movie like the logic of it makes no sense but like it's it's like a wish fulfillment movie for anyone that's ever like, wanted to just stop working going to school whatever and just go do your thing and like self-discovery it's like a self-discovery movie which i love about it uh and also it's a beautifully shot movie too it's mm-hmm. like genuinely great cinematography um there's some really weird uh movie reference sequences yeah like the i, I don't want to spoil it but yeah i know what you're talking yeah. about um and just to wrap, wrap it up real quick um three animated movies that i think are very comforting um in no specific order uh spider-verse is just an amazing movie on all fronts but it's like such an easy watch it's like 90 to 100 minutes and it's just i've seen it like 10 times now and i like don't get enough of it um ratatouille is very comforting Mm -hmm. um just because it's like a beautiful ode to art and creation um and spirited away which is like very relaxing um and um my neighbor totoro is beautiful too it's it's like the most uh, never seen my neighbor totoro jesus i Uh, i spirited away i think is the only hayao mizaki film i've seen yeah the um thing about like spirited away is a masterpiece i think it's maybe arguably the best animated movie of all time um but totoro is like i don't think i've ever seen a movie like so less dialogue or plot driven than that movie Mm -hmm. like literally the entire movie is just her playing with totoro and her field like it's like there's there's no i mean there is like themes to it but there's nothing like there's something it's not about anything it's just a soothing beautiful movie and um i have here's my last movie which i i think it's gonna be very predictable if you know me as a person um the most i think comforting movie of all time and which is why it's my favorite movie of all time is francis ha uh it's literally like it's like a warm hug the way that joe said that earlier it's like it's just nice movie and it's like it's very relatable for me you know like someone in their 20s like still trying to figure out life and everything and it's just i don't know man like i've seen it like a billion times i own the criterion um i have a poster of it like i have so uh my girlfriend for my birthday last year she gave me uh she painted it herself like the cover of that movie and i would hang up um it's it's such a beautiful beautiful movie and it's my favorite movie of all time and it's it's like the thing is like it's one of those movies like i can cry to it i can laugh with it i can just vibe with it or i can fall asleep to it like it's it's an everything movie to me um that's a that's cute i started with my favorite movie and you ended with your favorite movie that's cute yeah came full circle um full circle so i think that's gonna do it for this episode. i believe all... we have uh we're gonna play some uh people recommending movies uh that they also enjoy now i believe um yeah we can do that uh <laughs> so yeah after the pod uh keep listening after we close out um we're gonna give well whoever does send us in a voicemail uh we'll add it um and this is gonna sound really fucking stupid if no one sends us in anything <laughs> <laughs> so uh i'll get someone to send it now i, I guess i have to force somebody um but yeah uh i mean joe where can everyone find you online you can find me at joseph underscore salamony on most platforms and at railroad randy on psn network <laughs> <laughs> okay 
Uh, you can find me at uh, Adam underscore not Sandler on Twitter and Adam Sidorius on Letterboxd. And um, yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. We have no excuse now to not <laughs> do a pod each week. We have nothing that's going on in our lives. Um, <laughs> so uh, and next week we'll be talking whatever news comes out, but also um, probably I'll be reviewing Gattaca, right? Yeah, and I'll be reviewing Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard. And then we'll we'll find another movie for each other to watch next week, too. Um, so until next time, And if you guys, I mean, if all, if all our listeners want to recommend anything, we'll, we'll check that out, too. Yeah, literally. I mean, like, if you guys, um, I know Friend of the Pod, Zach or someone, will probably write something in now. But, um, yeah, if anyone has any recommendations, I will wholeheartedly, like, watch whatever. Like, even if it's, like, a meme movie or, like, just something st- stupid that you like like i don't mm-hmm. care like i don't care if it's like whatever it is i'll watch it um yeah. so if you want to come on the podcast just let us know yeah seriously like we have no standards so just like just request like we don't care um so until next time gamers uh keep gaming keep quarantining and practice social distancing don't be an asshole stay inside mm-hmm. uh so now until next time uh goodbye bye Hello, hello, Critics Podcast. This is Ernest from We Bought a Mic with some recommendations for quarantine movies to get you through this time. Uh, a couple things that I've been watching. Um, a Star is Born is a great one. Just a flat out awesome movie that gets you in the feels. Uh, Popstar, Never Stop Never Stopping is just a silly, laugh out loud, really underrated comedy. Um, Also, if you're looking for something maybe a little bit more uh, pertinent to the current times, but not super harrowing, uh, Mark Maron's Netflix stand-up special um, that just came out, it's called End Times Fun, really, really pertinent and almost prophetic, like predicting this moment and just so hilarious, so resonant. Uh, Really recommend it. Hope that is enough and hope you enjoy it. Hey Adam, I brought over a big stack of movies to my girlfriend's place while we quarantine. A stack of comfort movies, at least in my opinion. And they are The Wizard of Oz, uh, Stephen King's The Tommyknockers, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like an eight-film collection, the Twilight Zone movie from the 80s, uh, Tom and Jerry collection, uh, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke, Jaws, The Thing, Ready Player One, E.T., Seven Samurai, Clerks, Stephen King's Rose Red, and then the Back to the Future trilogy, because I can't leave home without that one.